What is up, guys? Welcome back. This is part two of my conversation with my friend Ian Miller. We covered a lot in the last episode. You're wanna gonna go back and check that out. Uh, but for now, we're diving right back into it. Ian starts us off with giving his thoughts on what it means to hold your sport with an open hand, or you could also say holding it loosely. We also talk about what an effective mindset looks like playing your sport now that you're retired. He mentioned going in with curiosity and giving yourself grace when you learn you might not be able to throw as hard or kick a ball the way you once did or whatever it is for you and your sport. Listen to the end. Ian gives insightful advice for anyone that is facing this transition right now. What's up, guys? Welcome to The Athlete Angle. I'm your host, MC Bell. Do you feel like you're walking aimlessly through life after sports? Do you feel lost without your sport and unsure of how to find confidence in your purpose? It's like the second you hung up your cleats or walked off that field, you've been drifting ever since. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not alone, my friend. You are one of thousands of student and professional athletes that struggle with transitioning into life after sports. Join me this week as we work to unravel the confusing journey of life post sports gain clarity in your purpose, and find confidence in your identity so you can flourish in life after sports. Let's dive in. I have a pastor who always used to say to hold everything with an open hand. So not to like grip onto things like expectations or or really like, yeah, expectations on other people or things in your life. Cause you move through these seasons and some things you want to say goodbye to and some things you're don't want to say goodbye to, but mm. it's all for your good. So like holding things with an open hand allows you to walk into that next season, like more freely. And I think, and, yep. and I love the part where you talked about having grace on yourself. I think it's hard as athletes. We're our own worst critic when it comes mm -hmm. to our sport. And so I've noticed for myself that when I go play soccer for, you know, rec soccer or whatever, I've tried to make it a habit to name my expectation going into the, you know, going into the game before I get there and just get mm. my mind right. So it's still, I'm still implementing those skill set of, you know, preparing my mind for a game, but because the, the reason I'm there is different my mind needs to be different. I can't go in expecting myself to, like you said, play, you know, the top of your top level against competition and, you know, cream them. Like I should be, my goal now out there is to, first of all, have fun to like enjoy playing the game with people that also love the game and really like, yeah, work on, I mean, yes, I can like work on my touches and, and enjoy the competition, but I'm no longer, you know, out there trying to perfect something. And mm -hmm. I like, I love that. I don't know if like, have you experienced that level of freedom playing at the rec league yet? Yeah. You know, so first of all, I really like the idea of, of holding things with an open hand, right? I think of that it's a great image. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of, of something that I picked up, in, you know, in, in meditation, which is the importance of pursuing things, at least Part of the time with a beginner's mindset and being yes. kind of curious about what, what's going to happen if I do things a little bit differently. Yes. Um, and honestly, getting away from the game, I kind of had to relearn how to be bad at something, you know, how to how to be a beginner, 
Yeah. And so learned the piano during the pandemic and can't claim I'm very good at the piano, but I still enjoy it. Right. There's still this, this process of kind of exploring uh, that's, that's great. Um, so when I, I get back to baseball now with a renewed appreciation for that curiosity, it's kind of fun to be out on the mound and be like, okay, I'm going to grip this a little bit differently and throw this, you know, in a, in a slightly new way, let's see what happens. And yeah. then like, oh, it's a great slider. And this guy struck out and like, oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a certain degree of um, lightness and, and curiosity that I think was, has been really valuable for me um, that how you're talking, it kind of resonates with that experience. Yeah. It's almost childlike in a way your, your mindset mm-hmm. going back into a sport, like you were saying, it, there's like a, like a levity to it and a playfulness to it and, and curiosity without judgment, um, which is, I think as an adult is you almost have to put boundaries around your mind. I think when you're going into something like that, but as a kid, it's, I mean, it's your, it's second nature, obvious. I mean, obviously like a kid doesn't yeah. care what they're doing. They just want to go have fun. Yeah. But... I can't, I can't go to my men's league and be diving around the field between pitches. Right. I can't, <laughs> I can't have that same like youthful, you know, freedom that I used yeah. to have. Oh, so, you know, I can try it out next time. <laughs> Who knows? It might, hey. I mean, people might join you. I don't know. It could be a little <laughs> weird as an adult, but you never know in never your mind, know. do it in your yes. mind. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned something about having a beginner's mindset. Mm. What does that look like? You know, let's say I'm playing piano, right? I'm, I'm learning something new. I know that the first handful of times I try to play a piece, it's going to be bad. It's going to be halting. It's going to be tense. And, you know, maybe I'll get through one or two more notes each time I, I do it, but it takes time. And then when, you know, I come back after two or three days, it's like, oh, my body's just doing it. There's like a certain degree of muscle memory that just kind of naturally comes. Mm-hmm. But you can only get there with this kind of lightness of, of initial preparation where you're just kind of exploring how it feels to you the first couple of times. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think when, you know, you translate that to a sport, it's your, your first handful of times getting back out there, or, you know, the first couple of pitches of a game, maybe it doesn't feel exactly the way you want it to feel. But over time, you kind of just let your body trust itself again. And that preparation just kind of naturally flow through you. So it's less of just, okay, I'm thinking um, really hard about how I'm going to be successful in the field mm-hmm. and more just kind of letting your body do its thing um, and, and kind of being excited about the outcome, right? If you do throw that great slider, if you do get through your song um, and you're like, oh man, that was really cool, you know, as opposed to, I need to get through this, you know, I need to check off these boxes, which is kind of stressful, even if you're doing it right, you get to the end and you're, you're like, oh man, okay, thank God. Right. As opposed to, holy crap, that was, that was awesome. You know? Um, So it's holding it a little bit more lightly and then having some more kind of joy and excitement on the back end. I also want to know, I don't think having the beginner's mindset is not the same. We're not, we're not saying that you're starting over from scratch. Like you're, you're still transitioning all those skill sets into the next season of life, but having a beginner's mindset is another skill that you have to relearn after being a master at something for so long. And I think one thing that trips people up is their, I, I kind of noted it earlier, but like having a level, a master level expectation for a beginner level situation. And you have to essentially like bring your expectation down to a like a beginner's level and only realistically expect what you would of a beginner rather than what you would of somebody who should have mastered something. So like, you're not going to go into playing piano, expecting to play 
you know, for Elise or Claire de Lune with your eyes closed and, you know, amazing the first time, like you're still learning yeah. the foundation of something and that takes time. But with there being time, like you have, you have that time to explore that and be curious and kind of like you were saying, being in tune with your body and seeing like, how does my body react to this? Like, am I able to trust myself through the process of learning something new? And then mm -hmm. I think really like once you, I think learning that, especially when you're right out of sports, that helps build confidence. So when you do start trying other new things, which happens a lot in your young twenties, like that's literally like, I feel like our whole decade is going to be us trying new things constantly you know, and, and just trying to like build something or build some sort of foundation, then like that transferable skill, you can do that anywhere, you know, whether it's like you're saying piano or cooking or um, starting a new job or like you're going back to school. So like, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to have to relearn how to be in school. It's kind of like that thing that you can take anywhere with you. Yeah. You know, and I was just walking around uh, Wharton's campus for the first time um, yesterday Cool. And came across a quote um, that's posted up in Huntsman Hall that is, um, you know, it's not about answering one question. It's about uncovering the next thousand questions. Ooh. And, and that that resonated quite a bit because I, th I think this is a conversation also about curiosity, right? Mm -hmm. It's saying it's not necessarily fully just about the result at the end of one game. This is a this is a broader process, right? And, and you can kind of root yourself in the curiosity of figuring out, okay, like if I grip this a little bit differently, what does that look like? If I approach this game a little bit differently, what does that look like? And just kind of having the curiosity that, that, you know, each of these answers are going to build on each other and open the door for your next question. So it's kind of, you know, a, a sense of curiosity that I think is a lifelong journey um, that, mm. that baseball has really reinforced. And perhaps that, you know, I needed to go through some challenges of, being maybe a little bit too results oriented to, to remember that it's a, it's a broader process and being curious throughout each step of it allows you to have, you know, a lighter approach and, and the results come naturally with that approach. I noticed it's like you went from the beginning of your college career, you were saying you were more results, focused, results, focused, results, focused, get better, get better, get better, beat people out. It was, those were all of your, you know, main thoughts and rightfully so like that makes sense. Like you're coming onto a team, you're trying to make a name for yourself, that kind of stuff. But then when you came back from your injury, your uh, focus shifted to, you were more others focused and you were more concerned about what is the team going to look like when I'm gone? Like who are going to be the captains that need to like, what do they need to know to be able to lead the team? Well, and, and then you almost, you pretty much did that in your work life as well. So like you were saying, like, how do you want to lead your team? How do you, you know, you're always others focused. Do you feel like that adds fulfillment to your life after sports? Oh, absolutely. For sure. You know, when I was a junior in college, I think a big shift for me was having a captain on my team, a guy named Josh Ellis, who just lived and breathed taking care of other people. Mm. And he was also a talented catcher. He was you know, a good hitter, one of the, the top players in the league, but his unique strength was bringing the best out of other people, making them feel cared for in a way that just really pulls people towards him. Um, and I remember reading at that time, I was just kind of looking into team dynamics, a study that was done um, back in, I want to say, you know, 2015 or so, a farmer tried to breed the, this like uber chicken by taking the biggest and baddest chicken in a chicken coop for each generation and breeding it with the next, you know, um, Dang. most competitive one. 
And over time, they they had to stop the experiment after four generations because the chickens started like going after each other. Um, there <laughs> oh was just gosh. like this this chicken coop just fell into complete disarray because it had been so focused on on the competitive elements and not necessarily on the social elements of making a group successful. Um, and it just reminded me that even in a highly competitive environment like Harvard, where a lot of people are pursuing professional sports or just trying to get on the field, you can't lose sight of the social bedrock that enables really strong performance. And, and that carried through for sure into my work experience. I was extremely fortunate to work with some great mentors early in my career at my consulting firm called Avicent. Uh, you know, managers like Matt McClavick, Amanda Hotbit, uh, who ended up really instilling the importance of taking care of one another. You know, they'd be managers who knew a lot more than than I did as an analyst coming in and probably could have just done the work without me. But they instead wanted to coach me up and to build my confidence and to create a really positive environment that was going to allow us to be successful in the long term right? To, for me to eventually fill her shoes as a manager of other people. And it's, it's that focus on both performance and each other mm -hmm. that I think is foundational to a really successful team. So you're saying social bedrock, would you say another word for that would be strong community? Definitely. Definitely, Definitely. makes sense. I think that has been a common theme in our conversation today, at least like from, from when you were a kid, having that strong mentorship and um, like good coaches and parents instilling really good values in you to like, you know, high school. And then when you got into college and having good mentors and your captains in the coaching program, and then now like what you're saying in your work life, like you've just consistently sought out good mentorship and sought out good community to be around. How do you know to find those um, kinds of people? Well, first of all, I'll, I'll say that I didn't know how to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I came into my job at Avacent as a, as a young analyst, and I wanted to know how to do everything immediately. I just was scared to not know how to do everything. Yes. <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't think the lessons from sports had fully sunk in quite yet at that point. But um, in my first review, I got the feedback from someone that I had asked questions at the right time. Uh, even when I thought that I wasn't asking questions, they were like, well, oh, it's good that when you did, you did ask questions, you got the clarity you needed. We want you to do more of that. Um, so it was encouraging me to be more open with my uncertainty mm. uh, and to, to seek out people who had been there before and might be able to, to help me grow uh, over time. And that has been a really eye-opening piece of feedback for me that has led me to now really cultivate relationships with people who are doing great things and who I appreciate and, and admire um, and, you know, may have gone through the questions that I'm grappling with a year or two ago or, you know, a decade ago and might just have a little piece of insight that I can, I can grasp onto. So it took some time and it, yeah. it required me to let go of being, being right, you know, cause you always, I yes. think these days everybody wants to be right all the time, but it's, it's an appreciation that you're never going to have all the answers and that building relationships with other people can help you get a little bit closer and help you grow. That's so good. Honestly, I mean, if you sum that up into one word, it's just humility, having the yeah. humility to to say, I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not good at what I'm doing yet, but I want to be. And I want mm -hmm. to have those relationships for people to show me how to be the best, even if it's like, regardless if you're passionate or not about it, or you're in that job for a year, or you're in that job for 10 years, or mm -hmm. like, it could just be to 
you know, be a really good friend or a really good son or, Mm -hmm. you know, really anything. That's yeah, that's great. Humility is, is key. And I think it's important to also be willing to pass it forward. And like, like you kind of need to take the time to reflect on the lessons that you've gained over time to feel comfortable when somebody comes to you and says, Hey, you know, I don't really know how to tackle this problem or I'm, I'm grappling with this, you know, dynamic at work. Like what would you do about it? Right. And, Mm -hmm. and being kind of open and honest with your perspective, that can be a little challenging to, to do it from a place of just wanting to be truly helpful and not from a place of like ego. Yes. Um, and I, I think it's, it's important to the culture of a community to be willing to do it like that. Absolutely. It is countercultural. And speaking of paying it forward, what's a piece of advice or maybe something you wish you had known when you were first transitioning out of your sport? I think I would have wanted to tell myself that this is not the end of the book. Mm right? This is just a chapter. I walked off the field in my last game and I was a little lost, I'll be honest, right? Because I felt like all of this that I had been pushing towards for my entire life at that point and all of, you know, what I had kind of baked my identity around um, was, was gone at that point. It takes time to appreciate that chapter set you up for the rest of the book um, and it takes time to realize that that life goes on and there's a lot of really exciting stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a little bit of patience w- with oneself uh, as you find what's next and being open and honest with the folks around you as you're, you're thinking about um, the different paths you could follow. I mean, I remember some great conversations I had with friends, with family um, that gave me a lot of perspective as to, to how I could take some initial steps that would then uncover the next questions and give me a sense of what was possible for myself without kind of narrowing the focus too much by trying to just focus on one or two things. So I'd say, you know, keep your, keep your doors open and, and, you know, uncover those questions for yourself over time and know that the the book is still being written. Ooh, that's so good. Yes. It's only a chapter. It was a really good chapter. It was a dramatic (laughs) chapter. I love that chapter. Yes. But it's like, I think the the cool thing is the thing that I thought about when I was just, you know, approaching retirement was I just kept getting this question in my head of, okay, if I can play at this level and I have worked this hard to do something like this that and get a degree at the same time and, and the whole journey, like if I can do this and I have the rest of my life, I want to know, can I like outdo myself basically, you know, like, yeah. is there something bigger and more fulfilling and more satisfying than what I'm doing here with soccer and like legacy, you know, what is my legacy changing actually a better thing for me than thinking that just my sport is equals, you know, what people know me as or my identity. Mm-hmm. And that's been true. Like it's, but it, I think it takes risk and trust and learning how to trust yourself, kind of like we were saying, and being comfortable in uncertainty and being able to walk through that well and learning yeah. skills that you know you aren't good at or like doing jobs that you know you don't like to do or that you're not passionate about. Like that yeah. was that was a slap in the face. I feel like when I finished, yeah. I was like, I have to do a bunch of stuff that I don't want to do, but I have to be disciplined <laughs> in doing it to do the things that I do want to do. And yeah it's worth it. Yeah. And one thing I'll say on that point is that slap in the face, one is real Two, it, <laughs> it comes, but I think it comes when you look 
honestly at yourself and you say, okay, what if I want to do X, Y, and Z going forward, what do I really need to do to prepare myself for that? And, and sometimes that's a really hard question to ask yourself because it uncovers all the things that you still have in front of you and the, the slog that it is to get there. Yes. But if that's truly what you're passionate about, if, if you know, I really wanted to, to start a, a podcast like you, like, what would I need to learn? Like, you know, how would I need to develop myself? And it's a challenge to get there, but it's, it's worth it at the end of the day. If you do look clearly at the steps and you can kind of execute on those steps and get to the place where you're doing it, right? And you're living that that dream and that goal that you set for yourself. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about or anything on the top of your head that you wanted to mention? I can't say that I have anything else that is is super top of mind right now. But you know, I think the the one thing I really wanted to um just say before we wrap up is sure. uh, you know, thank you for for doing this, right? Like it, it's it's something that I know if I was still playing, if I was going through my sophomore year of college, I would have gravitated to for sure. You know, it, people, even if they didn't play in high school or college, most folks have played sports for a little while. A lot of us grew up dreaming of, of playing uh, professional sports. And for most of us, it's not the path that ends up, you know, working out for us. But mm-hmm. um, there is so much that we can gain from sports and so much perspective that we as a community of, of former athletes have that isn't always talked about because it's hard, right? It's hard to, to go through this process. So the fact yeah. that you're, you're putting light on this, this, um, this topic and allowing folks like me to come in and, and share their story and kind of think through the narrative uh, and the lessons that, that we can pull out of it is really valuable. So thank you for, for everything that you're doing. And I'm looking forward to continuing to listen. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm um, thank you for being honest and open with your story and doing the work to want to bring all of that to the table. Cause it's, I mean, being self-aware and trying to, you know, pull those lessons and put words to the things that you're feeling and like, you know, walking through and maybe that you're not, you know, exactly in a good place to talk about yet is, I mean, that isn't that being an athlete <laughs> anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So definitely is awesome. Hey, thanks for giving this episode a listen. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. Oh, one more thing. Stay in the know on Insta tag, a former athlete, teammate, friend, foe, family member. You get the point. I would love to connect with you. Okay, friends, that is all she wrote. I'll see you next week.